0: All right. Well, we're are uh, ten minutes, seventeen minutes in, Uh uh, and we had a lot of technical difficulties with the new program. We had to ditch it. We'll figure it out. Maybe come back next week. Uh, We'll uh, and we'll we'll keep working with it. So, apologies to all of you guys that are waiting, uh, that are on, and uh, for those of you that are on the um, iTunes. Um, chat, well, you didn't experience all this. Welcome to the Mexican Soccer Show. Uh, An hour long. We'll still give you the hour long podcast if these guys are willing to to stay a little longer. And uh, let's just jump right in. We tweeted a question. We said the top three goals of the the Jornada Cinco uh, in Liga MX. And we tweeted out. It's our uh, question of the week. And we're going to go right into it. Um, As you saw, it was... Uh, Chumacero on the first goal. Chofis, the controversial goal, uh, the second goal. And then uh, at the end, Villalpando, there uh, on the same game, uh, a golazo. We're going to go with Mr. Tom Marshall there in Guadalajara. Tom, how are you and your goal of the week?
1: There's- yeah, it was not bad, so all good. Um, I'm going to go on with the, the one that isn't one of those three. Uh, I know. I liked, um, Elias Hernandez's second
2: for Cruzeiro. Wait a second, Tom. Have you said this? This have you already said this before? Did you say this like no, ten no. minutes ago? <laughs> <laughs> and,
1: um, but yeah, but Elias Hernandez. Second. Um, you know, if you want an example of it, just an absolute clinical counter attack, uh, I like a good counter attack. You know what I mean? And um, I think that you know, I think it was fourteen seconds from Cruz Azul defending a corner to Elias Hernandez putting the ball in the net. Uh, Roberto Alvarado, unbelievable play. Uh-huh. I mean, took took the ball from the edge of his own area. Uh, I think he flicked it over Luis Montes' head. Started charging, yeah, that rolled that a tackle, could have gone down. Charged towards the box and then played a you know a, a de- picked out a decent pass. Um, I just think it en- encapsulates that Alvarado is a you know another one of these players. I think it's one of the themes of this season that we've seen quite a few uh, yeah. of the younger Mexican players. <laughs> Really, really step up and really show that they're ready for, for to make an impact in League MX.
0: You know, there's a reason why that goal wasn't in the top three. I had a chance to look at all the goals, and I'm not going to put any Elias Hernandez's goals in the top <laughs> for, the, for, the, for the whole year. So so I'm hurt. It's going to take a while. Elias Hernandez is doing amazing, like I knew he would be. And uh, now it's a Cruz Azul scoring two goals against my Leon. So we'll see. Actually, Um, uh, this is a little
1: little bit of research. um, And over the last like twelve months in (laughs) Liga MX, Elias Hernandez has got you know if you add goals and assists, nobody's got more goals and assists like the tally between the two than Elias Hernandez. It's pretty, yeah. I know it's pretty amazing, isn't it? Really, I mean, um, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I'd have had him up there, but I don't think I would have had him him top of that. But because he also because he he does kind of in equal
2: measure scores goals and and obviously assists from the wing that. you know, he's right up there. It's kind of funny because when Elias Randes went to Cruz I was like, oh, alright, well how is he going to do without Boselli?" I was like, "Boselli was his dude. That was, like, I had a clear connection with him, but I mean, you wouldn't really think twice about that. He clearly doesn't miss Boselli at all, and he is killing it right now, Cruz But for me, I mean, my as much as I want to give credit uh, to, uh, to Alvarado and Elias, what they were doing there for that goal, and as I mentioned earlier, I do think that Alvarado is obviously an interesting guy, it's someone that you everyone's been talking about a little bit more so recently with the transition that Mexico is dealing with right now in the national team. So you look at someone like Alvarado as an as intriguing prospect going forward for three, but it has to be the one from Trophies. Like like I said earlier, it was just that that's the kind of goal that you score when you're up like two, like three or four nothing in FIFA. It just took a lot of creativity. It was the one that really took my breath away more than any other goal this weekend. So it has to be Trophies' goal, especially with... Um, I think what what gave it a little bit more... I don't know What made it a little bit more special was the fact that it wasn't his first goal tonight. It was his second goal within, what, the first 30 minutes of that match against Veracruz. And say what you will about Veracruz's defense, which is one of the worst in league right now. But just, uh, just the courage, you know, uh, to be able to do something like that. I mean, that was just by far my, my favorite goal of the weekend.
0: Funny because my favorite goal of the weekend was two and I put that as number one. The way that he kicks the ball, he takes it, and kicks it, and that's an amazing goal. I think mm-hmm. you guys are a little, yeah. little blind on the alias love and then the Bolivian um, Schweinsteiger. I think that it was an amazing goal. I, I still think that's the, the best goal. I do have to say Shofi's goal was kinda I put that up there also because of the quick thinking. It's always Oh, the ball's right here. I'm gonna go ahead and the way he flicks it up there. So um and then alias and this is a goal or weight way low but yeah he's interesting because in
1: you know since you were saying you know maybe i think you sent a tweet out all no, that i can't remember like a fifa thing like when you went in like what was it four nil or something you tweeted yeah 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 yeah. and i think i responded as like it's either that or he just thought he was offside and he thought screw it i'm just gonna try something ridiculous that's true that's
2: true, no, that's true but i that, that, that think i don't know i i i think the when you're a player like on that field, the last thing you think about is whether I'm offside or not. It's just like I'm going to try to score this opportunity. I don't know. I, 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 yeah. no,
1: it's a very, I, I it's a very toughest thing to do as well. Exactly. Like he is, yeah, he exactly. does have that, you know, the, I think he's, he's, his mind works slightly differently, which is why he's, you know, he's been quite polemic, hasn't he, as a player, really? Yeah. And, yeah. I
0: don't know. And, and it kind of goes back into everybody. I mean, I was fighting back and forth with Nico uh, um, from Univision. Uh, he was also from the show a couple of years back. I uh, was on the show and and if it was offsides or not, a deflection is offsides, which is, Tom, you were talking about that, right? Somebody crosses it over and the defender, def- defender hits it. And even though it goes into a uh, the, you know, the other player, if they're able to score, it's still offsides. The defender can deflect it. But it looked like, and the ref uh, had a great call by it, the fact that when uh, the, the defender hits the ball, kind of intercepts the ball, and the ball goes the complete opposite direction, and Chofis was kind of like a mistake that the that the the defender either, you know, when you kick it back to your keeper or uh, it's that intent. And I think uh, we were talking to a former ref that said that that is why, you know, it is a correct call. So uh, I think he got it right. Um, and I think the ref was also right there, which kind of goes back to the point really quickly. Bar, video assistant referee, Stessa, <laughs> what's, what's the news there that everybody's, at least, I don't
2: know if people are happy or something's feel, coming up. I mean, I feel like uh, since I've introduced VAR uh, in Europe, I feel like I've heard some conflicting things. Some people are happy with it. Some people aren't exactly happy with it. I think it all depends on who you ask. But I, as someone who is really pushing for goal line technology for a little bit, I, I'm happy with this. I'm actually glad that we're going to see some VAR in the league. Obviously, uh, they're going to test it out. So nothing is guaranteed just yet. I think they have to approve uh, for a certificate. W uh, will be approved for a certificate in order for, to make it officially official. But they are going to be testing it in some upcoming U twenty games. Uh, I'm looking right here on Femex, the game. FEMEX game. Femix Femix Food uh website. I think uh the, the next game that they're gonna hey. or the first game they're gonna try it out is August twenty first. Today uh, it's tomorrow another. Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. So tomorrow. So I think they're gonna try that at the U twenty. So that will be interesting. So I, I I think it's I think it's necessary. I, I, I'm that's, I'm a big fan true. of it. I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. I don't know what you guys think, but I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, right now. Once again, it's testing out VAR. There's nothing set in stone, but I, I like it. I, I like the so, idea that it's being brought into the league.
0: I mean, they're pretty adamant about, oh, it's going to be in all the all the stadiums. That's where I just kind of go, is it really? I mean, look what Veracruz and all the crap that's happening over there. They were going to put all of that, you know, millions and millions of dollars in the Veracruz when there's no security. And I, I, I'll still wait to see if a full VAR. I think they said that the first big game would be Cruz Azul. America, right? and uh, week sixteen, week or uh, something so, like that. I or, think the first league
2: of Mackey, uh, like I guess pilot or whatever they're gonna try it out. I think it's somewhere in week thirteen. I think they're gonna try okay. it out
0: and have everybody by week sixteen. Which yeah. no, Tom... they're gonna have
1: two weeks where it's pilot, and then two weeks where the the officials come down and, and decide whether to give a certificate. And it's at that point that we're gonna see if the you know the stadiums that aren't as well set up, you know, if the if the officials from the what's it called the International football, blah blah blah, IFAB. Um, if they if them guys, you know, give him the certificate. So no, I mean it's happening. You know what I mean? It's not like this bar's going to go away. So you might as well get with the times. And I think that you know, 1 makes to be fair. I think they put a lot into the um, the technology um, behind the scenes. And I think that this is the the last stage, the next stage. But yeah, like like we've said in previous shows, it's the difficulty has always been that cost. You know, getting the owners yeah. to kind of say you know, you have to put your cameras in and it's not, it's not a cheap business. So, but yeah, no, I think it's, it's got, it's got to be good, especially with the refereeing decisions recently, they've you know, yeah. been so polemic. We've seen so many, you know, red cards and, and four, this, four more cards this
0: is, week. Right.
1: Yeah. It- I mean, yeah, I'm not sure if this week there was as much kind of debate about them, but I mean, I know
2: the the weekend before there definitely was because for me, they spoiled at least three games. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is kind of funny how, I mean, I, I think this is an exciting move. Uh, to bring in VAR and I really welcome this new- this news this morning but at the same time I feel like the last few days have been like a perfect representation of like League of Accuses like identity crisis like a few days ago there was like the issue regarding double contracts there's issue like what? like, like stuff stuff that just seems like so uh, that, that League of, like if League of Accuses wants to uh, really grow and develop they have to get over these things but then just a few days later they announce the VAR news I I I feel like it's a it's just a perfect example of just why it's the league is growing and why it's exciting but at the same time there's just so many like lingering issues that need to be resolved well
0: let's jump right into it the big news um aside from League got aside from people not having teams and all of that and you know we saw the memo trouble there's so much to talk about and I don't even think we're gonna have time in this one hour show but the big story uh implications which I cannot believe this is like This is like a movie. This is like a show you're selling on Netflix of what is actually happened in Veracruz and it kind of just everything with Memo Vasquez uh, and the double contracts. So uh, Tom, you know, you bet you kind of tweet out, this is going to be big, right? Um, What is going on with these double contracts? It implicates the IRS in Mexico, not the IRS here, but uh, the agency that governs obviously uh, tax, the tax, um, it could implicate the players taking these types of contracts where here's, you know, 20% of the contract so we can put it on the surface and it's on, it's registered under the FMF, but here's the 80% that I'm really going to pay you. So Tom, can you give us kind of an overview of everything? Yeah. So basically, I mean, in a lot of the reporting, the
1: the big unsaid thing that people, you know, that haven't mentioned is the tax thing because obviously Mexico's tax authorities are now investigating, but, but, it's, it's why. I mean, and, and, you know, this is only uh, an allegation, a theory, but, you know, I think it makes, it makes sense. I mean, okay, so a player signs a contract or a manager, for example, Guillermo Vasquez, I think ESPN got all of his contracts. It was 50,000 pesos a month, which is $2,600. Yeah. I mean, for, for a manager who's won the league next title, that is, you make more money than that. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely make more money than that. So, He's registered that with the league, and the league's got that, and they've said, right, because you have to register a contract with the league to to be able to coach or to be able to play. So then you put it with the league. There you go, registered. Sure. But then on the side, these teams, at least, well, at least Veracruz, but probably more teams, they've got another contract. And I think in the case of Veracruz it was kind of image rights. So then you sign an image rights contract, but which calling. will be – yeah, I think I think in some cases, I don't know for sure, but or you'll sign it with another company mm-hmm. or an an individual. I mean, it depends. So anyway, say say it's an image rights contract, then you sign and so like, you know, eighty or ninety percent of your wage is will be with a separate third party. It won't be with the club. So it's difficult for the League Remex to do anything because you can't stop an individual party signing a contract with another party over image rights. But the question is why? why is is the club or the owners of the club wanting the, the player to sign this second contract and the suspicion yeah. is that it's to avoid tax? Yeah. and it, you know, That's not been proven yet, but but why else would they do it? Why wouldn't you just sign the real contract and then that's it? Um, the, the, well, the other thing is that, that the players and the managers, they can't go to the Liga MX, they can't go to the FMF and say, hey, this guy's not giving me this payment because it's got nothing to do with the ML, uh, FMF. Because it's directly for, with a third party, so that that's basically what's gone on. Um, I think it's gone on for a lot of years in Mexico. Um, and and obviously with the, the the thing is though, it doesn't always come out into the open. So if you have conversations with people in the Mexican game, you know it goes on. People tell you about it. They people tell you why it goes on. They tell you some incredible stories, but you can't get people to come out and say it. Now, what happened this last week was. Um, Memo Vasquez came yeah. out,
0: oh, man. and all of a
1: sudden yeah. he's on record. And then Veracruz's um, VP, Sporting C- Vice President, C- Curejo, he comes out and says, Oh, yeah, 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 we've got we have double contracts. And then all of a sudden, it's like, you, you, that, I think somebody said, um, Leo Cuellar, I think he said, he's opened a can of worms. And that's that's now what's happened because you've got the sat the, the tax authority investigating, you've got Ernst Young a foreign auditory audit mm-hmm. auditing company investigating and all of a sudden now it's especially because you've got a foreign firm investigating it, it it's all of and, and to be fair as well the SAT the, the Mexican tax authority they've cracked down a lot in the last couple of years. I mean um, it's not it's not ideal but even even for my own taxes it's 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 a lot more stringent now the rules than it was. Tom how many contracts do you have Tom? <laughs> Tom's got
0: you two contracts
1: we don't want to talk about that.
0: We don't talk, we don't talk so bleeding
1: about. Believe in the fifth
0: there. He gets paid from us, but that's not covered. I mean, we can. Just, I was just going to sum it that way. No, and and Tom, to be to be really serious, this is a huge, huge deal because not only can it implicate bad clubs. Let's hope that it's not the large clubs, right? The Tigreses and Monterreys, which I really hope that it's nothing. I mean, you're going to look at Veracruz. I'm not saying other clubs. So you're like, well, they don't pay their players. Um, I don't know, Chiapas. Um, but the fact that this is happening where here is, you know, we're paying you $2,000, right, for a mm-hmm. professional player. You know that that's not what the, what the team is playing. That's what the team is putting on their taxes, because, you know, and, and any, everything else is kind of under the table with these third parties that are there. And it just kind of goes back with this identity that Liga MX, how can it be so serious and trying yeah. to be this world league exactly. and have these horrible problems of payments and tax evasions and double contract? And what really gets me is that players, and I get it, some of those players, and I think it's, I mean, we're looking at the storyline that it's the players that maybe aren't the you know, the the foreigners or the team, the ones that get paid the most. It's the players that don't get paid as much that have these double contracts. Um, because when you're attracting players that are good, you are not. Know, oh, yeah, we're well, going to sign here and here. And those players can't come up because, you know, they, they couldn't get replaced.
2: I mean, once again, when you look at the whole... I mean, when I, I think I brought up earlier, the identity crisis the league. I mean, say you're a player from South America um, who is looking at League of Mackey's as an ideal option. You look at what's going on right now in the League of Mackey's, and then you look at Major League Soccer. And of course, Major League Soccer is going to be enticing. Of course, like when you think of perhaps, obviously, Major League Soccer has its own set of problems as well. No league is perfect out there. But when you're looking at the different options, you look at the fact that Ruy Diaz is now over there as well, someone who is thriving in League of Mackey's, I mean... I don't know. I, I think this is a serious issue. I think it's a pretty big issue. And obviously, the, we have to see what the reports have to say. I mean, there are no guarantees that there is actually tax evasions. But I think the fact that there are second contracts alone says a lot, right? I mean, I don't. once again, it doesn't prove anything that there are second contracts alone. But I, I don't know. I, I'd be really interested to see uh, what, the sat, uh, what they reveal here. Because well, it could be pretty fascinating. It, you know.
1: it happens, but it's also... I don't know. I, th- I think the big thing is that it's a foreign company investigating because the actually the owner of Veracruz, Fidel Curi, is a politician. Oh gosh. He's a congressman, yeah. and so you, this guy is a member of the PRI, the party. Um, yeah, and it's about it. to go out of power yeah. in January, but he's obviously got powerful connections, and and we know how Mexico works in certain ways, so. I don't know. I think I think that the fact there's a foreign company in there, and, and even the fact that Mexico's next president has kind of run on kind of an anti-corruption platform, that might also have an impact because I think mm-hmm. this has been so open now. And I think it's quite widespread in the Mexican game that I don't think it's going to be easy to kind of sweep it under the carpet. Um, I mean, yeah, that, that's my thoughts. But I mean, you know, like, like Weasel was saying there, I mean, this it could still blow open even more. It depends on how yeah. serious these investigations are because... Honestly, you speak to people within the game, and you wear so many times. Not even even clubs that you don't expect. You know, even clubs you don't expect, and you wear things. Like I heard something the other day from one of the from a really big club, and it was it was you know not again. Not, it's not something you can go on the record with, but it was like yeah. that can't be right. That doesn't square. You know what I mean? That isn't the yeah. way you pay somebody. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a complicated one. I think the players have always been scared of coming out. I think for two reasons: one, they get blacklisted, and two, you know, they're also involved in this. If they're yeah. avoiding tax, they—they—I yeah. they, don't know. They're the, part know of it, the law, but yeah, the, the, I don't know where the um, the the kind of guilt or the responsibility lies. But I don't know if it's on the employer or the person who signs it or both. Well, but I mean, there'll be a lot of players out there right now, kind of slightly worried. And I'll give you another another example of something that I've heard on more than one occasion: is that, for example, when an American player comes down to Mexico. I mean, you you guys will know the the U.S. tax rules way better yeah. than me. But as an American citizen, you have to you have to declare your foreign earned income. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Yeah. Now, a lot of these clubs, I mean, if you're an American, you're signing a double con you know these double contract things. And sometimes I know the players have had problems, even you know getting the the receipt. You know the 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 um, that yeah, you get like when product. you get paid. Yeah, 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 yeah. You, you receipt. You know, what's it called? Your pay slip and stuff. Yeah, because you have to then go to the U.S. tax authorities and say, "Oh, this is what got paid. This is where it came from." And and I know I know cases that you know Americans have had big problems, and I think that feeds again into what Cesar was saying: that yeah. you know, players speak to each other. This this go this goes round, this goes round. And I think, especially in the case of the Americans, it stops them coming down. I think the South Americans. Well, it, everybody I mean, I
0: mean, I gets. Everybody gets.
1: They'll come. But everybody they'll get
0: benefits from it. If you think about it, the player is also. You know, doing its taxes is only going to write off what the company uh, that pays them is putting on there. That yeah. double, that, that second part of the contract, the players aren't also reporting that, which technically is also tax yeah. evasion, which we're seeing all over the world with tax problems with Messi. We're seeing that, but the fact that that can
2: happen. I mean, what Tom was talking about just like, it's even surprising when you see some well-established teams that there were problems with. I mean, let's talk about That There was like, uh, I mean, there, there was an, an American player who, who left, you know, <laughs> to, to go over to major league soccer because, because of these kinds of issues. I mean, this is real. This is, this is a hundred percent real it's just, it's, and it's something that the, I, I hope that, and I do hope that maybe the, the sat that they do reveal some, I don't know. I know some things that will maybe help the league in the general. Maybe help it really once again when we talk about the identity crisis. we to make him to help him make a step forward to really go past these things because it's 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 embarrassing too just to see yeah. these kinds of things. It's really really embarrassing. I'm not gonna lie. Like I wish we yeah, could be, yeah. we should, we should we should be talking about soccer right now. We should 100 yeah. be talking about this. But this is this is the like the. Over, like, I just 100 the thing. Two, we two, two quick think, two quick things. One one what Weasel
1: said about. Um, about the players being you know involved as well. The benefits for the players of not doing it is that when when teams don't Record put a really good story out. I mean Record a lot of the time it's quite tabloid, but they put a really good story about about two players from Veracruz, two foreigners who came down, um, signed one of these double double contracts, but then the club just stopped paying for three months. Mm-hmm. They stopped playing the second contract. And and because because it, because it was, it's not registered with the federation, okay, then they couldn't do anything and they ended up just leaving the club. They just. They, just, they didn't get paid. And they just left. Well, that's
0: yeah. that's what's kind of happening with Memo Vasquez and Fidel Curi saying that you owe me money. And on camera, and this is all over Mexico. I don't know if we saw it in the United States as much. Fidel Curi saying, I don't owe him any, any money. I'm, I'm going to go to Europe. And then I think he was done recording. He thought he was done recording and says, with Memo Vasquez's money. Yeah, like, nice. this, is yeah, on, really is. this is on TV. That, like I, that guy,
1: I, It goes beyond Club de Cuevos. I mean, no, it, yes, this, yeah. Fidel, Fidel okay, Curi is it's, like. You could say, you can it's an exaggerated uh, club de Cuevas character, but wait, yeah. you know, let, let me and he's a politician that's where it comes down to. He's a politician
0: that already has problems there. How can a politician be a part of the club, but whatever? Yeah, and then but, now but let which
1: just, question yeah. it's crazy. Let, let me just make a in defense of the league this thing about relegation, this things about you know the, the second division clubs having the certificate to be able to get promoted. I'm not saying it's the ideal way, but I think at least. The league they they know it. They know Veracruz is terrible. They they absolutely know it. They know the that the guy who runs it isn't good for the for the football. Um and I think that's why they're implementing these things. Um yeah. obviously just in Mexico in general and not just with, with Curry but in Mexico in general there's so much you know dirty money floating around um from narco and and you know illegal illegal stuff going on that that the league has to be absolutely all too careful about this. Now, yep. I, don't know, it's, it's, yep. I mean, it's difficult. It is really difficult because if you're in the league's point shoes now, or even the last couple of years, like what do you do with Veracruz? If they, do you just kick yep. them out? I mean, is that, can you legally do that in terms of politics? Can you kick a politician out? You know what? I don't know. I mean, I've I'm I'm no idea what you do. If someone like Fidel Curry is an owner in your league and yet, you, you know, obviously because they couldn't have done anything about that, at least, at least, I mean, obviously, when when he bought the club, which wasn't too long ago, yeah, they could have done. But like right now, or in a couple of years, what do you do? do you, I mean, I don't know, I don't know what you do. But I think in the future, it's quite obvious what they want, and they want decent owners, you know, the likes of uh, you know the Santos or you know even Club America, um, Cruz Azul, Pumas. You know what I mean? I, I think they want those kind of you know at least more legit owners than than Veracruz. But
2: I don't know how you get there. I think that's the that's the issue. Well, here. Then- So, 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 so so, so long story short, that was a nice goal from trophies. (laughs)
0: Long story short, (laughs) which kind of brought us into, I mean, it was was this conversation that we got to talk about. I think a lot of people were just kind of like thinking, what is this double contract when you get a little bit more into it? It's just, you just kind of laugh and go, it's part of the league on on the chat. You know, um, people also saying, you know, it's, it's like that, you know, maybe South South America, you can have two, three, four different kind of contracts. Even the supporters, list, you know, those supporter sections, the Barra Brava's owning some of that contract that is paid to, to pay. I mean, it, it, it could expose, you know, that that's there in Mexico. But looking at, you know, kind of in a world view, also, who knows where it can go from there if FIFA gets involved and, and all of that. So kind of crazy, kind of crazy what's happening. The fact that it is 2018 and people are, are barely exposing that now – because of a manager right so how long has this been going on that's what kind of throws throws it out there and if it had to be because of a manager ex-players um i know yeah. if, uh you know from espn yeah. Herc, uh, uh Herc, you know he, he he's been talking about it. i think he exposed it, and he wrote a great column for it so it's 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 it's, it's, it's definitely a big deal yeah all right uh well you Know going into it already, we uh we talked about Liga MX, um, and we just we jumped in a little bit on the trophies talk and obviously Veracruz talk, but let's kind of go into the stories now with Cruz Azul. Are you guys ready to say Cruz Azul? Yeah, are you guys ready to say it? from now on, week five, Cruz Azul is the it's it's a real deal? Nah, dude, it's too early, it's not for not for just not for Cesar.
2: No, I think we, st- we still got to wait. We, I mean, th- I think uh. As we've seen many, 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 many times before, the most dominant team in the regular season doesn't necessarily oh, come yeah. out as a as a champion. And I think that you gotta give I mean you gotta give Curus a lot of credit. You gotta give the team a lot of credit for the way they've really I don't know. Just really like turn their image around too. But know, I think that's to, where the question
0: kind of goes. I, and I'm sorry for not for, for no, 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 uh, no, no, but no. it's not it's not that they're going to win. But did they turn already? Cruz Azul is not saying oh, yeah. We've seen them win four oh, games yeah. in in the beginning of the season, or three, or start out well with great players, and it looks like everything's there. And all of a sudden, it's the same Cruz Azul ever. But I mean, okay, this is different. This this season is different. Like know.
2: Oh yeah, hundred. I mean, yeah, they're they are contenders. I mean, yeah, let's say they are contenders, and uh, at the very least, I actually look forward to watching their soccer games. Yeah, um, definitely was uh, different in the past. So, and, 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 like once again, you have to give them a lot of credit. But but yeah, let's let's see what happens. It looks like at this point, as although it's a little bit early to say this, it seems like they're. Uh, they're clearly a team that's worthy of qualifying for the Ligia. but once you get to Ligia, and as crazy as it seems, someone like the Tigres, even though they're outside the top eight, will still be really difficult for them. Someone like Monterrey will still be very difficult. Someone like Club will still be very difficult for them. But, but obviously, they have turned things around completely from what they once were. I mean, they were the the butt of the jokes for quite some time. Let's I mean, be real; they were the the butt of the jokes for 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 a long time. So, it it, it is good to to see them doing well.
0: Tom, Liga MX, you know, uh, number one spot, not only on the tables but also in attendance. The Azteca, Cruz Azul, you know, we talked about the top four teams and when is Cruz Azul being big, but you're looking at this. This, You know, I'm thinking of the old Cruz Azul in the 80s. My dad was a huge Cruz Azul fan. Larios, I mean, Cruz Azul was as big as as the giant teams. You know, we're starting to see at least that hype in attendance in there. And the move to the Azteca have something to do with it. Obviously, the team playing well, but even on that, I think
1: it's I think he's everything. I think the move to the Azteca kind of you know kind of flick switch like oh this is we're doing things differently. I think the business that they did, I think they were wrapped up by the end of May, you know, so Kaishini went into the preseason with a full squad and and that's a massive help for a manager compared to you know players filtering in later on um and I think Pelais, obviously has done in the transfer market he's done an amazing job i think they they picked their targets early, they went for him, and they got' him. and and they've worked out. Um, you know, just very intelligent buys, I think low-risk players, apart from Mar- Marconi, who already knew the Liga MX. I think if you look at the Cruzeville's bench uh, over the last couple of games, strength in depth as well, which is a massive help. You know, Pablo Aguilar was out over the weekend and that uh, Lichnowski comes in, he was, you know, he who's already established in Liga MX. So all that helps. Um, I think Caixinha's style works as well. You know, I think he's a pragmatist. Um, I think he likes to, you know, he, he's perfectly capable of sitting back, like we saw against Tigres. And, yeah, it's coming together. But, well, you know, like I like said, I think there's still three or four teams that are better on paper than Cruz Azul. Um, you know, Monterrey, Tigres, and Club America. I think player Tigres. for player. Well, yeah, player
0: 100%. for player, but. Player for player, yeah. Um, player
2: for player, but
0: look how they're, I mean, it's uh, yeah. kind of well,
2: well, with, with Tigres, we've had this conversation with Tigres before, where they had a know, course- six,
0: Six weeks no. in, still not looking
2: it, yeah. like a. We've had this conversation where they have a poor start to the season. We're like, is there a crisis with Thigius? I've specifically remember saying twice in the last like two years where there's a crisis at Thigius, and then they'll find the way into the playoffs, and then they'll be a, a contender once again. This is also a team that probably like they're probably one of the most busy league of Ekis teams out there, just because of like the little amount of preseason they have, just because they're constantly involved in the league. Yes, yeah, so I I think Thigius will still be a challenge. So Yeah, 100%. I
1: do think this time around there are certain signs that um, I don't know, there's certain things that, that for me at Tigres right now aren't, aren't really adding up. I mean, Ferretti's team selection, to be, to be honest, just seems very strange. Um, I don't know, I mean, obviously the the president's left, isn't he? El, uh, Alejandro Rodriguez yeah. and Garza's in like, yeah, but you play. playing I mean, Torres Nilo as a centre and a young left back. I don't, I don't know. I just don't get it. And then you know you're playing with Ena Valencia and Eduardo Vargas on the bench. Um, I think it was last week and the one the one before where they didn't they were losing and they didn't bring either of them on. And I don't know. It's just something something not adding up. I mean, to be fair, when they were celebrate when they did score on 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 Sunday against Santos. I was looking closely at the celebration and they were, they did like properly celebrate and stuff and they were all together. But I mean, having a couple of players like Valencia and Vargas in the squad and being on the bench, I mean, these are, these are South American international players. I I just can't, I can't imagine for a second, the, the happy, um, you know, and I don't know, I don't know if with the transfer window, you know, running down now, is something going to happen there? Um, But yeah, it's, it's a, it's a bit strange right now. I mean, Duenas, Starting the season as a left back, you know, there's just things that just like aren't quite adding up for me. I
2: don't know, man. They, they, they. Let's see. They lost to to Cruz Azul, to Luca, and Santos, I and mean, those are three tough opponents. I think they're all still in the top eight. I, th- I think, like honestly, it's be like like a, a month and a half from now, we're gonna see him like at sixth place, and then we'll kind of forget that all this happened. I, I, I get why you think. I don't know. That maybe, maybe something's going on. Maybe like there are some problems, but I I just feel like I've had this conversation a couple times already before with Tigres and that they'll be fine.
1: I, I do. Next time is it's like, it's like slightly is slightly worse, though. Yeah, yeah.
2: I, 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 I doing doing the think same. it's
1: slightly worse. But at the same time, I think they I think they will come back. I mean, it's just it's just the nature of the league, I next It doesn't. It's a forgiving league, you know. And this is this is the thing about Tigres, though. And this is the frustrating thing about Tigres for me. Because I look at Tigres and I look at the players they've got and you, you want them to dominate. You want them to, yeah, or you think they true. should be dominating. And and it seems to me like they're so good Tigres, player for player, that they don't need to. And that's, I don't know, that annoys me. <laughs> <laughs> they can do this. You know what I mean? They can do what they're doing now. Zuka, he might just but, be experimenting. He might yeah. just be experimenting with these things now. And then he's going to, you know, then he's going to put his real players in. You know, then he might slot Janino back in. Um, alongside Ayala and everything clicks again. And, and, you know, he sells Valencia, brings in another top, you know, a top midfielder, another centre-back and, and everything, or a left-back and everything just absolutely, you know, flows. I mean, that that wouldn't surprise him one bit, but I don't know. I don't know. And I think, you know, that but, you put it in the conversation about Tuca being the, the next Mexico manager. Um, I don't know. I don't know.
0: Well, it, it kind of, I'm usually saying, okay, Tigres just kind of looks slow. They're preseason. They're not ready to come back yet. But they I don't think a, they got that excuse. This I, know, time. I know. I know. I know. That's what. See- that's normally how I'm always saying that. I've seen yeah. these players kind of slow. Gennak is not in. He misses the first two get two weeks. Like I usually, that's why. Not what what says. I agree with you, Cesar. We're like yeah. they always start four, five weeks are coming in. These guys are trying to score. they the players are playing what Tuca's wanting them to play, and it's just not sinking in. Um, and that's where I just kind of go, "This is a little different." Come kind of there with Tom, and we're looking yeah. at
1: that. Yeah. I mean, those. Yeah, I mean, some of the some of the play, some of the passes the other day, just like passing it out a play for no reason, and there's no pressure. And I don't know. I just think that's you know that's three consecutive defeats now. And um, and I mean, I think will they pull it around? I, I think they will. Yeah. But, I mean yeah. for a club like it's not Puebla, you know what I mean? It's not an Atlas so you win you lose 3 on the row it's like oh you've lost 3 and lucky. it's like this is the best team in the league, you know, you you Man City of 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 Mexico right now, you know, the best team consistently over the last few years and you just lost 3 games on the run. Um so it's not it's not great, is it?
2: It's all it's all fun and games until they beat uh, let's see who they until they beat Pumas in the final. That's what's going to happen right there. <laughs> That's it's all fun and games until that happens. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> okay. so,
0: Cuzudo so, Cruz Cruz is in the final. Yeah. I already, already said. got Mex. Veracruz, winning. no? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Liga Liga MX uh kind of a roundup. It looks like the teams that needed to win played bad teams this weekend. Uh Veracruz and Guadalajara. Um to yeah, I me mean, that was just,
1: yeah. I don't know. I mean, Veracruz, <laughs> Chivas, for me, that was a... Sorry, Chivas fans, but it was, a, it was a poor game. I mean, Chivas did what they needed to do, but for me, it was a game that lacked intensity. Obviously, Veracruz coming in on the back of... They've got this new manager who, you know, he's not managed in 11 years, almost. He's come from, from Chile, and it's just that's just weird. Um, and Chivas, obviously, you know, they got that... I wouldn't say fortunate first goal, but, you know, it was deflected... Um, and then, yeah, I just thought it was a game that lacked pace, lacked intensity. But Chivas up against the Caxa, I think it's a, a really good chance on Tuesday night to uh-huh. if you can oh, get that okay. win. Then the back, the back, you know, the back. They've got the classical Tapatio on Friday, and Atlas are, are pretty bad right now as well. In fact, very bad. A, w- a win so, without
0: Salcido and also Polido, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I Red mean, cup- I, I think Chivas a mid-table team. I think it said that before the season and. You know, I think that's what we're seeing so far. You know, I, I, I think they're going to struggle against the bigger teams, but obviously they should be beating yeah. so Veracruz. Every, everyone, be yeah,
0: everyone should be beating Veracruz.
1: Yeah, everyone should uh, beat Veracruz.
0: Except Atlas. Which... i
1: tell you what, though. There's some, there's some teams this season that, you know, Lobos Buap, they've not they've not looked great, have they, at all? Hmm. And then um, I know Carretero, you know, got that draw against America, but the weekend before against Leon, they were absolutely yeah. awful. I mean, that could have been 8-0 or 8-1 or you know i mean that was a an atlas as well i mean they've not
2: scored a goal yet i mean yeah. she have been pretty bad pachuca have been pretty worrisome i don't I mean, know that was, the game.
0: that was the game that i was wa i watched i was like oh, i'm gonna give pachuca and Lobos because i you <laughs> know um i wanted to see pachuca hopefully they can see what they had this season at. and i'm just looking at that massive defense by by uh by Lovos, and it's just atrocious
2: I mean, but the fact that you have, have you have Masa and what, Michael Roscoe star next to each other, that says all, that says everything about uh, Masa's defense. 36
0: yeah. years old, 37 almost, and uh, he's a captain, so we'll see. Uh, I thought one of the most interesting games this week was in Necaxa Puebla. Uh, which I didn't think it was going to be that exciting. And golazos left and right, uh, interesting game. Uh, One, two, three, four, five red cards, uh, Tom. So we're continuing kind of the five, six range over there. Monterrey and Pumas, the game of the week for us. Uh, Monterrey taking, which a lot of you guys did pick Monterrey to win. Uh, over Pumas at beats the on-street, and then obviously Club America with uh, Oribe Peralta's Palomita and then Queretaro's goal also a header in the Palomita. So it was an interesting weekend at least with Liga MX right before this doble jornada that is that is uh, coming up. Uh, games to watch yeah. really quick. Yeah. Go ahead. I mean, I think I think we've got to mention
1: Santos as well because
0: yeah, they've had such
1: bad. a such a difficult you know last few weeks and. I don't know, the interesting thing about Santos for me, I mean, apart from the fight with the manager and then Ciboli leaves and then um, Javarez Jr. comes in and he looks like he's going to stay for the season. But, I mean, Santos, for me, the best three players are left over the yeah, off-season. 100%, 100%, yeah. And for, for them now to be in second place with, you know, four wins out of five games is pretty... I mean, that's that's remarkable. I mean, I think if you, if you do that to any other club in League one then... You know, they really struggle, but I don't know. I just think it points to the way they brought in what's it called, Nervio and Doria as the two the two new centre backs. Um, I think is, I mean, it's been a. I think they've they've slotted in really really well, um, and I think it's. I think it says a lot about Santos Laguna scouting. To be honest, I think yeah. that they're, they're a club that's so prepared, and they they know every player's got a price. But at the same time, if that player leaves, then. They've got someone else, or so they've got a, a kind of list of player. And I don't think I don't think all of the League MX clubs are as organized as that when it comes to transfers yeah. and, and wheeling dealing. Because Santos, actually, it'd be good to do a study about how much money they made on transfers. You know, yeah. the, the kind of the net spend. Because I, I think I think they'd be um, I think they, they've earned quite a lot of money in the transfer market over the last five years. I mean, Quintero and Bloody. Uh, <laughs> the ones they sell to America.
2: Yeah, I mean, just so, like I was, every, yeah, so many to, players, man.
0: It's just to America. I was like looking at those transfers. Uh, as far as Liga MX standings, Cruz Azul, uh, still at the top. Santos with 12 points. Uh, Monterrey, 12 points. Club America, 10 points. And the top running in top five, Pumas with 10 points. Toluca, Monar- Monarcas, and Necaxa on the top eight. And then Tigres, just on the borderline of the Liguilla. All right, we've uh, we've we talked about Liga Améki's really quick. Just your thoughts, Tuca Ferretti putting his hat in, saying, "I don't want to be the coach, but I'll be the interim coach." Which Mexico plays Uruguay in the United States in less than a month. Nothing has been mentioned. Tom, you're close to the national team. Uh, we're going to hear something about interim coaches. Are they going to get somebody going? Is Tuca going to be right up there again? Are they going to have a coach? Maybe by that is what's going on in the national team and any news, Carlos Queiroz? Yeah, no, I think also, th- this week. Names? This,
1: I think this week. Um... This week he's gonna announce the interim coach. Okay. Um we think it's gonna be Juan Carlos or- Ortega, who's at the minute yeah, director.
0: they got everybody a little bit scared there. Juan Carlos, <laughs> Juan Carlos. Ortega. The, triumph, the triumphant return. <laughs> Juan Carlos
2: Ortega
1: <laughs> But yeah, he's director of youth director of national teams, I think, is his title. Um so he's overseeing the youth thing. I mean, I don't know. We think a lot of the quite a lot of the Europe based players aren't gonna be in. I think um you know they're gonna kinda of negotiate player for player which ones are gonna come in on. And so yeah, we'll see we'll see what it's like. Um I'm hearing that in October Mexico gonna be playing or likely to be playing in two games in Mexico and then for the November, um, most likely in Europe. So that kind of rounds off the year. So, so I won't surprise So it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me if the European players aren't seen now till November because it's pretty much after they have to come if you play in Europe.
2: Yeah, and I think (laughs) I saw the and I think I saw the report that yeah that Chicharito and Layún are apparently asking to stay just to fight for a spot within their roster. Chicharito with West Ham, Layún over at Villarreal, and I don't know, I don't, I don't really. Blame the European players that much. I feel like a lot of people have been pretty angry with them. I feel like I've seen like a lot of people on Twitter really angry. They're just like, oh, we don't need them anymore. Bring in the young guys. I, like, I don't know. They were just involved with the World Cup. They're now trying to find a spot in their new European teams. I don't, Especially if you're, you are going to have a European based friendly soon. I, I, I don't really no, blame the guys for doing that. Yeah. They
1: were together 50 days. I mean, imagine Oslo yeah,
2: being. Yeah. Cooped together fifty days, seeing each
1: other. I wouldn't like, be talking to you guys right now. <laughs> there's happen. a there's a reason I wasn't
2: on the show last week.
1: <laughs> we wouldn't be talking. But I mean, you know, fifty days is a it's a lot, and they've you know they, they've gone on on the on the vacation, gone quick preseason, and I don't know. I mean, if I'm the federation, I'm just picking up this these friendlies now. Like this is the new next generation. We're going to go with the next yeah. generation. Um, the European players can stay over there. That's fine. That's absolutely no problem. I sometimes think they make it worse, but the, you know. You're filtering out these stories. Somebody's filtering out that story, you know what I mean, yeah. from within the federation that Laune like, and Chicharito don't want to go. And sometimes I think you have to manage that better. You know, from a PR point of view, just come out early on and say, this, this game, this is our next generation. We're really excited. And I'd get excited about it, you know what I mean? I mean, if it is legitimately younger players... I'm gonna be excited about this these
2: two games. You are. I think fans would be excited about that too. But like I mean, speaking about the, the players not giving much of a breakup, we saw that retweet from Ochoa just complaining about I mean he didn't complain himself, but him and his actual Twitter account, and he retweeted the fact that the, there's some sort of like international players like union that looked at the fact that like certain players had less than two weeks of a break before uh, they started the European season after taking part in the World Cup. But Ochoa was definitely one of those players because Standard Leash what is it? They, they, it uh, actually kind of caught me off guard when I was preparing my like European season preview. I completely forgot the Standard Leagues had already started their season fairly quickly, actually. So yeah, I don't, I don't, once again, I don't, I don't, I don't blame these European guys if they want a little bit of a break. I don't, or at least for Chicharito Layu, they don't even want a break. They just want to fight for a spot within their, their, their club teams. So yeah, so I think if they were to, if they were to promote this as uh the next generation of L three, as a maybe something a little bit more Liga-MQ space, then yeah, I think that would be more clever. But like you said, Tom, I think they've, PR-wise, it hasn't really been dealt with uh, in a, an ideal sense.
0: I'm going to go with, like, I don't think that you should stop saying saying no to El 3 And I get it. There's a lot of games and all of that. But I feel like once you start doing that, it's like, well, anytime that you want to focus on yours whenever we need you, and I guess we don't need them right now, and I get in that point. But so there's no gray areas. When someone says, no, I don't want I want to focus on my team, I'm just somebody that says that three should be to bring the best that you know that we have, and I get why I get that they're tired I get that they're doing that I, I've done that, but I feel like you can open up where you know unless there's personal reasons like the catito unless there's other stuff that you go through and it's happened before it's not the first time that somebody has said no I, we stay in
2: but we've we've seen it too where like uh, the Mexican national team I've made the argument I don't know if this is actually true or not I would argue and say that they're the busiest national team true, in the entire true. planet. By far, oh, I, I, I mean, well, they, they, I like, they, 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 there's, there hasn't been a summer off, and we know when was the last time we've had a summer off. Like when it comes to the national team, like it, it's been yeah. what, nine years, ten years. Yeah. I have no yeah. idea. I don't. Know. These players are, are are worked an incredible 2008. amount. So, I, I yeah, two thousand eight, <laughs> <laughs> two thousand six, yeah. two
0: thousand seven was a cup. Two thousand eight, two thousand nine was, I think, the gold cup again. Two thousand ten, world cup. Two thousand eleven, gold cup. Two thousand twelve was the. <laughs> The, uh, the Olympics, 2013, was Confederations Cup, 2014, World Cup, 15, yeah. World Cup. America. America.
1: City,
0: America. No, yeah, I think yeah. 2008 was the last time there was a summer. And I get that. I just, is Chicharito really going to lose a spot if he comes? There's a two-week break that everybody's taking. I don't know. I, uh, that just kind of goes. Uh,
1: yeah, I don't it. think he's good. I, I think he's, like, if you look at Uruguay, they're only playing one game. So they're playing on the 7th of September against Mexico and then their players will be back on the 11th. You know what I mean? They'll have like five, six days together, do the thing, training. Because at the minute, you know, Uruguay are you know, preparing for Copa America, but they've got the October dates, they've got the November dates. And so, you know, right now, I mean, what's the point really? Honestly, I, I, I see like, what's the point in bringing Chicharito? I and mean, yeah. what are you going to learn? You've got an uh, interim yeah. coach. You know, I mean, I don't know. It's difficult to... Get excited about seeing Chicharito playing for Mexico right now. I mean, I just I think he needs to break as
0: well. To be but honest, because... I, I think it's because you guys have seen him way too much. Tom.
2: But Maybe. tickets are going to sell, Tom. Are...
0: Team hotel, You're like I'm done seeing Chicharito. So for Fans are days. literally be at
1: that game. Like I want to like, see I, Chucky. Yeah, no, so that's I, the one. That's the one. Lozano.
0: Yeah. Let's bring let's Lozano in there. Tecatito. I get it. I get it. But again, I I just see both of them in it, and I I'll, I'll play a devil's advocate in that sense. And we're looking at that. Plus, you know, I, I still think that they're going to come. We'll see. Um, unless you know the interim's like, oh yeah, well, I want to bring all the young guys, and in, including the European young guys, which um, you know maybe go Goea, hey, uh, I don't know Jamalik, who knows? Yeah, I think the yeah. ones that established <laughs> in Europe
1: may well, may well, you know, like Moreno might might well come. Um, I'm not sure about Salcedo because he seems to have some kind of problem. And Then you've got the. I think it's going to be interesting uh, with the with the MLS guys as well. To be honest, and um, you know, Giovanni's been injured. I think Jonathan's been injured. I mean, what's going on with those guys? Vela probably going to be there, but is he going to? You know, is he is he down for another four years of it or not? You know what I mean? So I, th- I think there's, I think actually, I think there's a lot of questions I think, to be answered. I I think there's going to be some players that are going
0: to be done. I think they're going to like, say, yeah. all right, I'm out, I'm yeah, out, yeah, 100, yeah, I agree. Yeah. I mean, and, and, you know, do
1: you bring Guardado for example? I mean.
2: I mean, no, Rafa, do you
0: want Rafa? To Ochoa, the captain? <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, uh, look look
2: look really pretty pretty quick, pretty as far pretty as pretty our Mexicans abroad
0: kind of go go forward, I know we don't we don't have a, a lot, a lot of time. We still got around 12 minutes because we started in the mark. 20 mark, uh, Osvaldo Lanis um, doesn't wow, wow. have a team, went up there. Yeah, Everyone was kind of like, kind of questioned that, right? We're like, okay, well, Lanis, okay. Uh, didn't have any minutes. And now doesn't have a contract. He's not going back to Mexico so far. Looking for a team. Um, also, uh, Fabian not being called up uh, by the team. Going kind of going. All right. Well, we have way too many players, and kind of brushed off. You're just kind of seeing these these players that uh, <laughs> coming from Chivas. Actually, I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying anything about Chivas, but especially Alanis. Um, are you surprised? And where do you think he's going to end up?
1: Yeah, I'm surprised, yeah. I mean, it never, that, that that doesn't really happen. I mean, when does that happen? When a player signs and then a few weeks later, it's just all... I know the sporting director has change, changed and stuff, but it's it's a very strange situation, to be honest. With everything that's happened with Alanis, with, you know, the Chivas thing... With the Chivas,
0: yeah.
1: The contract, and then, all, you know, he get kicked out of the squad and then he's allowed back in after speaking to Bagada. Um And then, obviously, he gets that dream move to Getafe. Um, and yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, some people saying it's the agent again. I think a lot of people in the Mexican game, the, well, in the Mexican media, are always oh, that it's the agent's fault. It's the agent's fault. It's, I don't know. I don't have no idea what's happened behind the scenes there. Um, what I would say is that Alanis now is in, he's not in a bad position because if they've, if they've agreed to let him go, then he's, he can, he's free to sign anywhere, yeah, you know. Exactly. And so yeah. there's, there's nothing, there's not that much wrong with that. It would have been a lot worse if he's just not completely not being taken into consideration and Gatafi are asking for a transfer fee, which would have been ridiculous because he's only on a free transfer a few weeks ago. That would have been the ultimate insult. But um, yeah, I just think it's, I don't, I don't know. I think sometimes people reading too much into it. I just think they, they've got the defenders there. They don't like him. The new, the new, I think it's a new manager as well, I think. Is it? And I, I just don't think they like him. Gatafi one of the best defensive Teams in La Liga last season as well, they don't want Alanis. And they're like, right, then, you know, this isn't working for us. You know, it's not going to work for you. You know, have a, have a, we'll rescind your contract and and see what you can find. But, I mean, the question now is, you know, where does Alanis go? You know, yeah. he said he didn't really want to come back to Mexico. I don't think he's, I'm not sure about MLS. Um, and so where does he go within Europe? You know what I mean? Is it yeah. is it Holland? Because I, I'd see him in a Holland, to be honest.
2: I mean, I mean, I think Hall Eredivisie might be more. I mean, maybe a Portuguese side because like I guess I mean when he when it was announced Turkey. that he would he'd be going to Getafe. I mean, honestly, I, I had my doubts about him about playing La Liga. I I genuinely, genuinely, generally had my doubts about him going to the league. I was happy for him to make that move, so I I, I expect him to stay a little bit longer. Obviously, I didn't expect him to be dropped from the team essentially, you know, just a couple of weeks into the season. Yeah. But yeah, I, I mean, but in all honesty, I think maybe more so of his playing style would be. Uh, I mean, just a mid mid table Eredivisie team, mid table Portuguese. Side, maybe a little bit higher than that. Actually, mm-hmm. I should probably say. I'm uh, thinking I, Greece. I Greece. <laughs> He'll go hang out I'm with Nettie think, Castillo. I'm
0: thinking Greece. If, I'm if thinking it doesn't work Turkey, out, Turkey.
2: I'm thinking part time at Netties, Netties, uh uh Scotland. Is it, uh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, Netties,
0: dude, I follow his page. Nettie Castillo's fly fishing uh, fishing page. Yeah. I, one day <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna get. Day on uh, one cool. day. <laughs> I, I, I follow and I comment on his fishing like, videos and stuff like that, and he's going to recognize my name, and then when I go to Greece, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to interview him, then I'm going to write a book, and you guys should, you should pay for it, and that's going to be my... That's how I'm going to retire from Mexican soccer. Tell all book on Neti. I think he's got a ton of information that we just can't wait. All right. Excited. I'm T- too excited about Net- I tried finding him on now.
2: Facebook. He didn't front me back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, Another player, Diego Reyes. We got...
2: Yeah. You know, I, I mean that, that's just, I mean if you believe there if you be, if you believe the reports apparently there are a lot of options for him out there. But still it's just not ideal for a player play. at this point. I mean whether he has options or not, he has yet to sign anything yet. And that's that is the truth and what what is it right now? So it's August August 20th. Teams are still like they're they're completely in their season and Diego Reyes is still training in Mexico City. That's that's not ideal at all whatsoever. I know he's not preparing for World Cup. I know he's not prepared for what the next major tournament for Mexico is, is the Gold Cup. You know, I, I, I know I guess people could make the argument, so therefore he shouldn't have to rush this, but it is still very worrisome that someone who was pretty well respected in La Liga uh, we've talked about that before what he did with uh, uh, Espanol Real Sociedad I can't believe, it, it was, I think it was Espanol or Real, uh, anyhow, he was doing he was doing very well in La Liga just a, cou- a couple seasons back, so it is very worrisome to see him not signed a contract just yet. So I know, it's just, it's just not ideal. Yeah. I mean, what can you say? The in only the one brown.
0: that's kind of keeping the Mexicans a broad name is Chucky Lozano scoring once again, kind of a tap in weird goal yeah. that he that he got there. It's continuing to do what he's doing. Um Chicharito getting the start getting subbed off. Uh, just not necessarily because he was doing something wrong. I think they um, Pellegrini just saw that he needed to take some off and put somebody in the midfield. Cause they were getting run over. Um, and
1: it's then it's a, it's a, also, go, on, go ahead.
0: And then uh Raul Jiménez, you know, starting for Wolves and uh and playing. So two Mexican players starting and for EP all on the same day uh, as forwards never had that happen. Interesting to see. Um I think you know we we kind of went over that. It's it's kind of like Mexico Browns have a great weekend, and then all of a sudden we get all these news, you know, or Fabian go and, and El Dalanis. Um you have we we talk about Diego Reyes um Chucky continues do to do what he's you know what he's been doing doing great so but, but, a you know, I, think, I think
1: you know obviously the Fabian situation, the alanis and the Diego Reyes situation are all not good for me to yeah. for the argument what's what's even worse is that we've not seen any Mexican player move over there yeah, yeah. i mean this, yeah. Is, this is this world Cup year you know. It's it's become absolutely stagnant. I mean, Eric Gutierrez was going to move to Europe this summer. You know, we had hopes that even an Edson Alvarez, like, uh, you know, other other younger Mexican players would would get a chance. And well, we've seen Araujo, no? Araujo did, was the you, only one. But like, did you see really anybody young, I mean,
0: really? But, yeah. but did you see anybody really excel with Mexico in the World no, Cup uh, from but, Mexico? Uh, because I mean, we saw all the European I
1: players. Play I mean, well. Gallardo.
0: Everybody was I, mean, I think, I
1: think what, what we're seeing now is. We've seen a trend um, of younger Mexican players. The market's so inflated within Mexico. Like, look at Pizarro, look at Gallardo. Like, Pizarro definitely...
0: But he didn't was, he wasn't um, who else is gonna see him outside nobody watches him uh, the Mexican League according to Mohammed. No, <laughs> so mean, that's what I'm saying. Like if if you know normally after the World Cup we see players move out, but that's because they had a good World Cup showing or they were part of the twenty three. We didn't have no, any. I, did. I think that's
1: changing. I think I think European clubs now are a lot more intelligent because I think so many got burned so many times by watching the World Cup World and Cup. the player has <laughs> three, three good games and then see you later. Eh? <laughs> miss- Barrera miss- Barrera after the World Cup but I mean you know you look at Rolfo Pizarro for me 100% should be in Europe I mean there's no absolutely no way he shouldn't be Eric Gutierrez you know again he's you're you're staying at the same level and these guys are now 23-24 you know even Gallardo I mean that was a guy who had you know a positive World Cup it was the surprise you know out of all the Mexican players he was the surprise because Osorio played him at left back. He, he got absolutely slated for it, and he did. He did quite well. He didn't do amazing, but he did quite well. Um and, and those are the guys that now you know. I'm looking at the honestly looking at the Mexicans in Europe these days, and it's like I'm, I'm not getting as excited. And it's because I'm, first of all, we've seen him for a long, a long while now, and secondly, you know, someone like Chicharito, he's 34 at the next World Cup. It's like we need we need something else now. You know what I mean? We need yeah. we need, we need. to see a new generation of players over there in Europe establish themselves, get us Ooh. excited, go to the big. What
0: number nine can go to Europe right now in Mexico? Alexis what player him in,
1: in the future? Alexis Vega no, is, is a right quality now. player for Toluca.
2: I don't. Yeah, know, I, I I've talked about this beforehand, but I think there is that generation. They're a little bit younger. They're not the Pizarro age. There's not the Eric Gutierrez age. But you see the Linus. You see the Jonathan Gazas, You see the Edson Alvarado. You see the Cesar Montes. You see the Jamal who's actually already over there. I don't I, know. I I I think I'm more so looking towards a Tualon uh, generation. I, I, I think when you look yeah, a few years but, younger, but, I, I have faith in those guys. I think, but I but think we're looking at 25 the
0: twenty-five to thirty, twenty-five to thirty range. What? Mexican, you know, uh, forward is out there that's ready to go to Europe. We don't have anybody from 25 to 30, which there should be. No, after I mean, in the next you, four years. You,
1: you 20 to 25, really. I mean, those are the ones that you uh, to go to Europe. But I mean, just not, not specifically the forward, but just the problem that, that Mexico has is that the, the younger players, Roberto Alvarado, for example, is 19 years old. He's been to four clubs. And I can guarantee you, I mean, he had interest from sports in Lisbon. He had inf- interest from oh, you know? Alma and he signed for Cruz Azul. Why? Because Cruz Azul would have paid I don't know yeah, the yeah. internet of that particular, but they are gonna pay him a lot more. And but this is the worrying thing. César mentioned names then. Mm-hmm. And and what European club is gonna be able to afford Cesar Montes? Mm-hmm.
0: Jonathan, exactly.
1: Rod- Jonathan Gonzalez, you know, Jesus yeah. Gallardo, we've just moved. What I'm saying is that, that these players are moving within Mexico. Eric yeah. Gutierrez, but you could basically said, you know. I think it was PSV's offer was ridiculous. They laughed at it. They said it was an insulting. Now, it's not insulting from a European market point of view because you've got a player who, you know, he didn't play in the World Cup. He's got his good talent. He's potentially can be a very good player, but he's not proven outside of Mexico. And I think that's the way the European market sees it. Whereas the Mexican market, Eric Gutierrez, for example, playing in Tigres, I think he'd be a really good fit. Because obviously his passing style fits in, I think it fits in perfectly with what what Ferretti how Ferretti, Ferretti likes to play. How much is he worth to Tigres? I mean, potentially ten million dollars. You know, but that's
0: what we've seen before. It's it's a lot different because of how much they're paying their players in Liga MX. Yeah,
1: I mean, I mean that's the winning thing. That's what I'm saying. Out of all the things that's happened in this market, the, the really concerning thing for me is that. You know, we've seen the likes of Pizarro, we've seen the likes of Gallardo, we've seen the likes of Alvarado all move within Liga MX rather than go to Europe, where I think, in an ideal world, those players, those players who are established in Liga MX, you know, need to be need to be getting out of the comfort zone and going to going to somewhere, learning a different kind of football, or a different lifestyle, and matching or you know at least matching this generation that we've just seen in Russia, because yeah. you know I've said it before, but. You know, a young midfielder like Eric Gutierrez again. He's got a lot, a lot of work to do to get to the level Andres Guardado's been at. Mm You
0: know,
1: yeah. I mean, Pizarro has a lot to do to get to the level of Hector Herrera, and Herrera and Guardado are both very, very good players, but they've not stepped up to that absolute elite either.
2: You know, I think all this doesn't necessarily mean that no players are going to be moving over here, but obviously, it is. There is over, an overvaluing of these players, but when you see something that Lozano has done, I'm not comparing these players to Lozano. When you see something Lozano has done for PSV, don't you think that a team like PSV or a team, it doesn't even have to be an club, would, would look over Demichel and be like, "Well, it might be a little bit pricey, but would, would be willing to take the risk if but, we see some of the pro- so we see some of the players that they're producing."
0: How much so, did they pay for Lozano, though?
2: That's a good question. I, 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 believe, I, that, I, I believe that it
0: wasn't it wasn't like a crazy amount. Uh, uh, it was That's like they
1: question. got Losano yeah. for a good but for a good deal, and, the, um, you could kept some of the a percentage of the, the fee as well. Yeah,
0: and I, and mean, I, think, I think, think this is what was... I'm saying that like Losano was was okay. Lozano's going to go. I think it's a great opportunity, but it wasn't like an overinflated like a Pizarro. It's fifteen fifteen Gutierrez.
1: apparently fifteen million euros. So yeah, yeah, I mean it's not bad, but I mean Losano was absolutely
0: you and know it's... excelling
1: ridiculously yeah. in yeah. in. Um, you know, in yeah, in yeah. in Liga MX. I mean, it was just so obvious. Lozano yeah. was kind of just so so obvious. Whereas some other players might develop later. Um, just a, obviously a range of things that can happen with a player. But you look at someone like Diego Linares right now, and at some point, you'd, you'd assume that he'd have to make that move. Like Roberto yeah. Alvarado as well. At some point, that move's going to happen, or or it should be happening. And you just wonder, I don't know if the same thing's going to happen as as has happened to Gutierrez, where the doors are just shut. That's happened to you know Jurgen
2: Dam. In, in, in that moment mm-hmm. uh, I, I, I think I, I 100% agree that uh, those players should move into Europe but just kind of like as a counter argument couldn't you also make the case that this therefore strengthens the Liga Mechies and this makes the Liga Mechies stronger by maintaining some of that uh, talent and as opposed to focusing on L3 if you're looking at just the league in itself that the, this does actually make the league oh, stronger I made it. For sure. Uh, once, again, once, once again, once again, what's again, I like. We don't I like care the, about Liga uh,
0: America's getting stronger as long as El <laughs> wins the World Cup. I don't know why you care. I agree too. I, I, I want. I, I don't. Rather, I would rather to be.
2: It's El is much more important. But I think couldn't <laughs> yeah. you make the argument that this therefore makes Liga America's a lot stronger.
1: Hundred percent. Yeah. No, you can. You, yeah. I think you can say both things. I don't think the kind of mutually exclusive. It's definitely hundred percent. It's better with those players in it. But then again, you know the national team suffering and. I think it. I don't know. I mean, it's in a bit of flux right now. I think, anyways, because I think you've got those figures there now, led by Chicharito, but with a you know a host of other names, Guardado, Herrera, Ochoa. And where's the next one of those coming yeah. from? You know what I mean? And 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 I, we can. I could give you a list and say these these are really talented young Mexican players, and yeah. I think we'd all agree and say these yeah. guys are great. Yeah, I
0: think that's where. I think that's. I, what do these players need to do to get noticed? What do these players need yeah. to do? I mean it, 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 I don't it. think he's
1: getting noticed. I think the, the European club know about him, but to be know.
0: honest. They, they do they know do they know a, a yeah. Francisco Figueroa, you know, that I thought is doing great things at Pachuca, you know, or looking at that or some of these like I'm pretty sure th- I mean I, I think I, Toluca, you know, twenty years old, Alvarado or Cruz Azul, uh, obviously Lainez is pretty big on there, but there's there I think that's where they you know, he's taking it it's like okay, there's something there, those kids are doing well and they're playing in this professional level. You know, I think that Gutierrez, that Pizarro's already like okay, they're going to be too expensive. Well, and yeah, I, think I mean, I think that's why they got all mostly Chucky, where they've known that there's this talent, but he wasn't crazy breaking the league. I would say Pizarro, you know, was making more of a of a movement of a being better player in Mexico than than then, Chucky
1: was. No way. No, I think it, I think Lozano's I think Lozano's talent was because of his style of play as well. Is very much kind of the, you know, if you look at like Mo Salah or something, or, you know, these players, or Sane at Manchester City. But these now, kind of players that, that, when you play a certain system and they can do so much damage and they bring goals as well. I, I look Pizarro, at that now, yeah.
0: not that, but two years ago, I don't, I mean, we were well, looking at this looking, it. As well, and yeah. this
1: was the big thing. As soon as he stepped into the national team, he did it. You know, not saying he'd, every game was amazing, but in and, and Pizarro. I
0: think, even, I think people were even saying the only goal that he got, I guess, like, against Canada. He wasn't. He wasn't this like player that was taking over until he he went to PSV. Before that, no, he wasn't playing that, that many. He, I, I, he I, wasn't in
1: particular. He, 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 that was that was the part of the game he vastly improved. He put he put an end product on, product on it. I think he played a couple of years. He scored on his debut in the Azteca as well. I don't know. I think he showed from an early age. This is this is a re- the real thing. And then obviously, you know, PSV can then afford if you're only paying 50 million. And then you look at the type of player he is that's the type of player that goes for big money, Chucky Lozano. if you look at the market these days, those attacking players that can do absolutely damage one on one that 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 big teams are willing to pay for and to be honest, you look at you know Gutierrez, and they're not it's not it's not happening as much and, yeah, and to be true. honest you go to you go to Argentina or Brazil and you get that kind of player um for, yeah, for a lot for a lot cheaper so i mean it's yeah. just the market is against
0: Mexico. and I players. think that's I think that's where I'm going from. I think Pizarro right now and the Eddie Gutierrez are worth a lot more of those teams than the Chucky was, you know, in and in, in how they released them for it. And I think that's where it, they've already reached that level that it's going to be way too expensive, like a Jonathan Gonzalez or a Cesar Montes, for Monterrey to let go of or to try to get some money off of that player where you can get those other 19, 20-year-old, 21-year-old kids who are not that up there that these European clubs should start looking at. But that's we kind of go back in there. That it's it's a but, lot harder. Yeah. for a
1: but, I mean, a, a, yeah. a decent sized European club's not going to sign, or is unlikely to sign a Mexican player that's not not even starting games in the MX regularly. They, they, I mean, they, sometimes they do plug them for the youth team, and then they put them in their youth teams. But mm-hmm. it, and, and don't just, you think that's how it should be? Saying. Though,
0: at least for Mexicans, I think that's how it should be. But let's let's start getting in there, either you know younger, and then trying to develop in that way. Because the chicharitos or the chukis are not going to come around all the time, you know, or 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 go to you know a portal or I mean, look where tecatito, tecatito started. I think that's where the succession of a Mexican player going to Mexico to abroad is starting out at a young age in a maybe not that greatest league and then moving on up.
1: Yeah, I mean, that, I honestly, I think it, I think it depends on the player. A lot depends on the player, a lot on the playing style. Um, yeah, I mean, it's rare that you get you're going to get massive, massive clubs by direct from League MX because, to be honest, I don't think the, the clubs trust the stand of the league. You know what I mean? When I say a big club, I'm saying like, you know, a Chicharito to United for example. And I, I, don't, I don't think we're going to see that much. Um, you know, I think we saw Enna Valencia a couple of years ago, no? You from uh, Pachuca to West Ham. Um, but I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think we're going to see too much of that. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, you know, a stepping stone team is the way forward, but the problem is that if you go to a stepping stone team, it's they don't have that much money. And so the Liga MX team's always going to think, well, I could sell you to, you know, Sport in Lisbon, or I could sell you to Cruz Azul for double the money. Like, mm-hmm. you know, the case of Pizarro, Monterrey comes yeah. in with a, basically an offer that they, like, the Chivas weren't going to refuse. I
0: always, and it's I, double I, I the money. Like doesn't the player ultimately also say, yep, I think yeah. I want to take less money and go to Ajaxio?
1: Yeah. And, <laughs> and that's the. Um, you know, that's the, that that's a massive issue. And that's something that people don't understand, but I think it's one, I think you get blacklisted from the Mexican game. And two, I don't think the club really give you an option. I mean, we see these double contract things. I think we see so many <laughs> things in, in, yeah. in the, I think we saw see full circle so, right here. so many things in the, in the Mexican game that don't run along kind of, it's all kind of shady stuff going on. And I think that that's one of them. I think basically these guys don't really have an, in fact, Paco Gabriel de Andes spoke about the Pizarro situation. He said, look, if you want to go to Europe, if you wanna if you don't want to go to Monterrey, then speak to me. And Pizarro ended up going. Um, but I don't know, I'm not sure how much power a player has in that situation, which is which feeds back into the, the players' association. That's why it's so important. And the freedom of contract in the Paco de Caballeros. And you know, if there, if there is freedom of contract, in theory, the wages would come down because you get the situation where players can run down contracts. If you've got a year left on your contract, your value drops significantly, which means the European clubs can come in and get you away. I mean, that's that's for me why, um, you know, the Pacto de Caballeros and all that stuff, it's it's important for the Mexican game that it, that it ends because then it'll free up. I think, I think we'll see a wave of Mexican players go to Europe then.
2: Yeah.
0: We keep going and talking about Mexicans abroad and... Pretty much, I mean, we had so many issues that we still didn't talk about. Memo, you know, uh, following that. Yeah, we, we, we haven't even <laughs> talked about the Ochoa <laughs> to
2: not Napoli thing, which it looked like it was going to happen, didn't happen.
0: Not Napoli, yeah. blaming all of that. Um, quick plug for the Patreon page. Uh, we talked to Amy and I, talked a little bit about, uh, actually, we talked a lot about Ochoa. We talked to a former agent, uh, actually, actual agent, to talk about contracts and all of that. Um, really quick, I want to come up the prediction table that we have. Mexican soccer show fans are up on top again with 24 points for the, in the fifth week, and uh, Adriana Teresa 23, Cesar and Tom all of a sudden from last place jumps Amy and I. He said he'd I you it's, yeah, dude. he would be back. Yeah,
2: it's rigged, guys. It. It's
0: rigged. 21. <laughs> uh, we saw with 20 myself, and then Amy at a 19. So uh we have a doble jornada. So the prediction should be up today. Uh, give us your predictions because we have a Doble Jornada here with Liga MX. Um, thank you to everybody who's on the chat. Lots and lots of conversations on the chat. Um, but what, what stood out the most is the fact that people are saying, since we got in late, they said, Tom, we'll wait for for Tom. we will wait all night. So that's what happens when you know, Tom shows up on the show. You know, it's a, it's just and then it comes out to Everything sounds better with an English accent. They can say that. Where is that at? Anyways, lots of stuff. I should that.
2: stop, stop talking just, with the English accent there. That's Tom. Yeah, pretty <laughs> yeah. good. Why not? Uh,
0: <laughs> sounds like please stop. It's been ready. <laughs> For
2: All right, Manchester. Guys, let me tell you.
0: Twenty-seven and the uh, and the West Coast. I think it's already almost eleven. Um, so I know it's probably uh, twelve. Yeah, right? And the East kind of gets a little too late. Uh, uh, it, it, this too is powerful. like much later for
2: us than usual. I don't know. I feel like sleepy, guys.
0: Yeah, uh, we, we apologize. <laughs> we kind of started late, but we gave you a little bit more. Almost, uh, you know, an hour and 20 minutes and we're there, guys. Thank you so much for staying with us. Thank you so much for all your questions and all of the great comments that are in there and saying hi to everybody. If you're listening to us there on uh, iTunes, it was an extra long show for you. And we'll continue to have that. And we'll see you guys on the next Mexican soccer show. That'll be next week. Hopefully, we have some news interim and uh, for El Tri uh, on the coach. But lots of Mexican football coming up in the next week. So uh, let us know uh, if you have any questions or we can answer them there with the uh, Mexican soccer show uh, Twitter handle and also on Facebook. Hasta la próxima. And, uh, oh, I can do this. What's up? Can you guys do it? Mm -hmm. Oh, Mm -hmm. I think we all practiced Mm -hmm. before Tom. Mm -hmm.
1: Buenas noches.